welcome to Reworked, the podcast about our working lives. For many of us, the work we do defines our place in the world. Increasingly, we are looking for meaningful work, which is aligned to our personal values and beliefs. And we want to feel proud and positive about the relationships we build and the services we deliver. Jelaine Tawadros is Chief Executive of DAX, the Design and Artists Copyright Society. Founded over 30 years ago, the organisation is a not-for-profit which transforms the financial means of visual artists by collecting and distributing the royalties that they are owed for reproduction and sale of their work. Last year, DAX repaid 1.7 million of royalties to over 2,000 artists. They are an organisation with a real purpose, so I wanted to know from Jelaine how that mission is lived out through the culture of the workplace and what she has done to harness and build upon her staff's altruism. Jelaine, welcome to the Reworked podcast. Thank you very much for letting me pitch up at your uh, offices in Bethnal Green and have a chat. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you. Um, we just had a little pre-chat about culture and the arts, and the, it's, there's a very uh, there's a huge amount of things that we could talk about today. Um, but I think well, we were just discussing that one thing that's particularly interesting. I think about the arts culture and at EW Group we've done a lot of work in the arts sector I was just explaining to you that my background is in the arts too Um, and what the arts has I think doesn't it is this um, a sense of purpose the people who work in the arts by and large they don't do it for the money Um, there's a a love of the subject matter everybody's specialisms how do you um, at DAX and we need to explain the brilliant, unique work that DAX does as well. But um, how, so we'll do that. But also my question, I think, is how do you um, galvanise all of that sense of purpose that there is, I guess, in your workforce and in the sector at DAX to to create the best culture that you can here? That's a really good question. It's a bit Um, of a long-winded one, sorry. Let me tell you about (laughs) DAX first of all. So DAX is an... um, an organisation which represents visual artists and their rights. And our mission is transform, to transform the financial landscape for artists. So basically, we're helping artists generate money so they can carry on being artists. To be honest, I can't imagine a better job to have than my job. <laughs> you know, To wake up every morning and know that the purpose I'm going to work and doing what I do is to help sustain artists because I truly believe that the world would not would not be such a good place or an interesting place without artists. So I feel very privileged and I think um, everyone in the organisation feels the same way. But you're right, the arts sector, particularly the publicly funded or not-for-profit sector, as we are, um, is... is full of people who are not motivated by money. They couldn't be because the salaries are pretty low. So there has to be something else. And certainly the work is very interesting and varied, of course, and being involved in the creative process at whatever point and working with creative people is in itself incredibly motivating. But I think that there is... You have to... But that's not enough. I think in terms of an that's enough for somebody to go and apply for a job. It's not enough to keep people in the job or actually to motivate people to do their best and work together in a collaborative and collegiate way 
towards one goal. And I think that's where leadership and culture comes in. When I first came to DAX, it was a rather introspective organisation. Um, and DAX uh, collects royalties for our, on behalf of artists, royalties which are generated through reproduction of artists' work or through the resale of an artwork. So when an artist sells a work for a second time, they're entitled to a royalty. And these are really important sources of revenue for artists. Um, but as I said, when I first arrived in DAX, my perception of the culture was that it was very internally focused, that it had become somewhat removed from the people that the organisation had been set up by, because DAX was set up by artists for artists. And my sense was that it needed to rediscover its purpose and to reconnect with the people who it was there to serve. Because unless it could do that, it couldn't really understand how those needs were changing, how they had changed, how they might change in the future. And if you don't have that deep understanding, then actually you cease to be relevant. I think that's true of any organisation, whatever your business. So the first thing, and this sounds maybe quite trivial... All our materials were full of pictures of artworks, and yet actually our business is not to sell artworks. Our business is about supporting the artists that make artworks. So looking around this room, you'll see, Rachel, it's full of pictures of artists in their studios. Mm. And that's really, really important because that was about reconnecting the organisation with its core purpose, which is to support artists working and the fact their ability to produce artworks. And that, of course, then informs the strategy and the strategic objectives of the organisation because if we are focused on being artist-centred and helping artists to sustain themselves financially, then everything else comes out of that And all of our decision-making, wherever you are in the organisation, needs to be guided by that very simple question. Mm. Is this helping artists? Are we helping artists to make money so they can carry on making work? Mm. Um, And that in itself then builds confidence in the organisation. It clarifies to everyone, whether we're working directly with artists or working with publishers or working with... Uh, auction houses, asking them for money, making demands of them for money, it's quite clear to them the reason we're doing that is not to enrich ourselves, we're doing that to help artists Mm. so they can carry on being artists. And do you have a vision statement or a mission statement with words to that effect? Yes, our mission is to transform the financial landscape for artists. Mm. I mean, the light bulb moment for me when I first came to DAX was when I was speaking to a brand consultant who'd been working out in Africa and said that he'd been working with a company that made pipelines. And he said the problem with this company is that they think their core business is making pipelines, but actually their core business is helping save lives. Because without the pipelines, fresh water couldn't be distributed to lots of people and save their lives, help them exist. And in a way that, for me, was a really brilliant analogy for DAX. Yes, we collect royalties and distribute them, 
But without those royalties, artists couldn't continue to exist and make work. Yeah, yeah. It's very powerful. So the um, taking you back to when you took the helm at Dax, this is, is it nine years ago? Nine years ago. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned it was a, you felt it was a little bit introspective at that time. Um, what else did you... What else did you do to move the culture forward? Um, you mentioned the, the visual, visual cues, which I can see around me in the room. What, what else, what other steps did you take? Well, and did it feel hard at the time? Did it feel like a real challenge, personal challenge that you wanted to, it, it to take on? It was hard. I think cultural change is hard. Mm. I mean, people talk about it a lot, but the reality is to change a culture is very, very difficult and it's not something you can do overnight. You have to do it over a period of time. It involves lots of different aspects. And um, you have to bring people with you. All those people with you, actually. Um, so, yes, it's not, it's not an easy thing. What did we do? Lots of different things. I mean, which each individually, perhaps, isn't revolutionary. But it's the combination of things that accumulate. So having a new mission statement, uh, changing our whole branding and the way that we present ourselves to the world as being the artist's rights people, you know, being there for artists. Um, Our lease uh, ran out in the building that we had occupied. The rent doubled. We were fortunate enough to buy um, uh, office space. We brought in an architect... Who called Hat Projects, who've worked with lots of artists. They did the Jerwood Gallery, they have built artist studios. That was important. Mm-hmm. So we had, we worked, we created a physical environment which was one which felt much more like a contemporary art environment and a space for artists and that was open. And in fact, what we did was we also did an exercise where we got. We plotted out where everyone, the everyone in the organisation was involved in working with the architects to develop the design spec. And before we even searched for a site, we plotted where everyone lived and looked to see where would be the most convenient place for the majority of people in the business to be because we wanted to retain. We had lots of amazing people. We wanted to retain people. Wow. That's part of the That's cultural really change. Because that's also about how people have control and agency over their environment, shaping it. Where we all spend so much time in work, it's really important. And it's a beautiful office. You know, I, I did visit your old office as well, and this is just—it has a face to the world, doesn't it? We've got windows out onto the street. You're on street level as well, so people can walk straight in. Whereas the old office was up a few steps, wasn't it? It just it feels very open and very welcoming. And this room that we're sitting in, which is where we have our board meetings and staff meetings, is also a space we use for public events because that was part of the brief. So we have artist talks, we have screenings of artist films. We've in fact we've had hosted two exhibitions here, and all of that is about bringing artists into the organisation, so they are a vital part of what we do and no one can ignore that so everyone in the business is constantly in contact with artists whatever your job is in the business and 
we are constantly in dialogue, physically and visibly, with artists all the time mm. in this new building. Mm. We also have a courtyard space, and we commissioned the um, landscape architect Del Bueno Gazavets to work with the artist Anya Galaccio, and she created the special garden for us, which was based on a design by a textile silk weaver in Spitalfields, which isn't very far away from here. It's a big Huguenot community here in the East End, as there have been many communities, Jewish, Bangladeshi and so on, over different mm. periods of time. But also lots of creative people have emerged and developed in the East End of London. And the garden, again, not something that everyone sees who comes to Dax, but all the staff sit around this garden space and this garden space in a way is about the history of where we are in the East End which has been a history about migrants and about creative people and things coming through the cracks, that's what Anya Galaccio actually is. so they're all native plants there are also lots of market gardens that Huguenots established in this part of London so all of these things they're not singular things that on their own change, mm. change an organisation or culture. But I think cumulatively they do, and they reinforce everything that we do has to constantly reinforce our core purpose. Mm. And um, everybody needs to be connected with why we exist and why we do what we do. Mm. And those examples that you've given... A lot, a lot of the, a lot of from what you said was about collaborating. You know, the garden people sit around that garden. The, love this idea of plotting where people live, so you can map out, you know, the best pl- the best location for the for the building to be, and that's gorgeous. Um, so people feel like they're on the journey with you. And so, what difference did you? What effect did it have moving location? What did you did you did you was it anything tangible? Did did you Huge. did you survey staff on, on how they felt about it, or was it more just what you felt in in the air? Oh, it made a huge difference. For a start, we as you recalled quite rightly, we were on different floors, so just being on one single floor has been completely changed the way people work. People talk more. They pass each other. They have to, because everyone's on one floor. Everyone can see each other. No one's hidden away. Even the my office, uh, you know, it has glass on both sides. Everyone can see in from the street and from the office. So there's no, you know, it, it's totally transparent and open in that way. And I think, and that was purposeful. Um, but also, you know, the whole ambiance of the space is is different as I say lots of people are coming in and out of the space the way people responded to the space signaled to us that they saw that we were in the business of working with artists Uh, we also have a big kitchen space and in fact what we do once a year now is that the leadership team cooks for everybody in the organisation and we have a big lunch and so (laughs) again that that gives it a different kind of feel as an organisation, as a space, than, you know, it's not hierarchical, it's mm. not um, fragmented, it's not uh, siloed. 
Um, that's why I suppose I'm putting the emphasis on the physical environment. It's not that the physical environment alone can do that, but it just accentuates uh, the things you want, the ways you want people to work. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, how I'm interested to know a little bit about your other role. So obviously you're most of the week, I guess. You're here at DAX, Chief Executive but you're also Vice-Chair of the Stuart Hall Foundation. Um, so how does it differ being a board member? And obviously you still have the capacity to set the tone for what the culture is in, at, at the Stuart Hall Foundation, but you're, I guess you're one step removed yeah. from the day-to-day. Um, was that an easy role to slip into or when you're so used to being you know, relatively hands-on, I guess, here? Well, I've, I've been, I guess, quite fortunate that from... I mean, for 20 years or more, I have had board roles. So I have done that throughout my career. Um, Often two or more board roles at one time, and I've chaired organisations as well. So I've always done that alongside running organisations. And I think it's fantastic to be able to do that and important to do that to understand, to, to manage your own board and to understand the dynamics of your own board, but also to understand uh, the differences between the roles of executives and non-executives. Um, so to answer your question, I think the roles are different and it can be difficult if you're used to running things uh, and being a chief executive to not be so hands-on when you're on the board but it's really important also to understand and to trust the the executive when you're on a board level and your role is different there your role there is much more of an advisory role it's much more about strategic direction not the implementation Um, it's not to um, to preempt how things are done or to uh, be overly critical or negative when things aren't done the way that you would do them. And I think there's a real skill which I've learned and I'm still learning how to do. I think it's, it's a very difficult thing to be a really good board director. I think you need to be really engaged you need to be a critical friend but you need to be a friend and supportive and I think that you need to remember all the things about being a chief executive in relation to your board which you'd like your board to do more of like give you give applause and celebrate you know I think we often forget that especially around leaders and boards celebrate the board I think chief executives forget to celebrate the board Mm. and the board sometimes forget to celebrate chief executives because you see each other operating at at a certain level and you kind of assume that that's no longer necessary Mm. but of course we all need to know when we're doing things well or you know and that amplifies the things that you can do more of so I think Yes, that's a continuous learning role. I mean, in the case of Stuart Hall Foundation, 
this was a foundation set up to build on the legacy of an extraordinary individual, Professor Stuart Hall, who is leading intellectual, cultural leader, thinker, political activist, an extraordinary man who was very active in the field of politics, of academia, of visual arts. And that, you know, is a very different thing to set up a foundation and to be a trustee of a foundation Mm. with members of the family and friends of Stuart Hall. Yeah, because the culture is about his legacy, obviously, and about everything he achieved. and... And how you translate that in a way which is not about putting somebody's legacy in aspic, but actually moving that forward Mm. in a dynamic and appropriate way. Mm. And also, you know, I mean, I've been fortunate to be involved in setting up organisations from scratch as well as transforming organisations that have existed for a long time. And in setting up organisations from scratch, there's an awful lot of work to do at the level of the board around what the organisation is there for. I mean, at one level, everybody knows what it's there for, but actually until you actually start to to do things, to programme, to put things out into the world and make decisions about what you're not going to do as well as what you're going to do, do you have the rich and deep conversations about why the Stuart Hall Foundation does something and not something else. And those conversations are how you build a culture, how you define the parameters of an organisation, how you exclude things, and how you set some, again, decision-making criteria around what is appropriate or not, or meaningful or different for one organisation to do rather than another. And all of that is critical building work but it takes time. And, you know, boards frequently are full of lots and lots of very talented individuals who have strong views. And so working through those views in a way and building a team, as you have to do as well at board level, that is working in a positive, constructive way, understands each other's differences, but builds on those differences rather than um, those differences being a deficit, you know, or seem to be a deficit, mm. is, is, is work, again, that takes time. I mean, I, I keep going back to that. I don't think these things, you have to do them in a very conscious way, very self-aware, conscious way, but understand that it's, it's building something. Mm. Mm. That's right, it's a, it's a continual process, isn't it? really like that thought it hadn't quite occurred to me that, that way that a board has its a board is its culture of its own actually and in the same way a team has its own culture and so on and I also really like that point you made about um, the decisions that you make shape the culture so yeah how you make decisions and management teams executive teams boards they they a lot of them will think that's their purpose actually that's what I'm here to is to make decisions business decisions or organisational decisions, but maybe not thinking at the same time that a strategic decision is also a cultural decision. 
And I think we shouldn't underestimate how important it is to, or that you can never over-explain a decision. I think you should provide a context for every decision. And that, that builds culture in a way that is really, really important. So to constantly say, we've decided to do this because... And this is how it fits into what we're trying to do as an organisation in the long term. Mm. It's really, really important. Small decisions and big decisions. Because that just, again, what you're making explicit then is not only the reasons for why you've done something, but also the reasons why you haven't. And reinforcing again what is particular about the organisation and the thinking and motivation and the reasoning and I think that's a really important part of leadership that isn't sufficiently um, talked about. You know, in relation to accountability to your team, to your board, boards to executive, you know, whichever way, that people, to build a culture where everyone takes responsibility for their decisions at every level of the organisation, which means being able to say, I did that because this, this, this. I didn't do that because of X, Y and Z. That again creates a very particular kind of organisational culture. which It's transparency, isn't it? It's transparency, it's honesty, mm. it's... Um, an indication of your mindfulness of the wider context, as well as the constraints. You know, sometimes we all make bad decisions, but if you understand the reasons and you're very conscious of articulating why you did that reasons, because I was really stressed, or, you know, I had this other thing and I was really focused on that, and I didn't have the bandwidth to think about this, then that's that's shared in the organisation and people can then say, oh, well, that's really a problem that you didn't have the bandwidth to do that. We really mm. need to address that. Mm. Otherwise, it's just a bad decision. Mm. Mm. And I'm sitting here looking at your beautiful offices, thinking, thinking some of the words you just used, transparency, there's glass all around us, honesty, you know, the way you crowdsourced effectively the location of where this office was going to be. And mindfulness, well, I haven't seen the garden yet, but it's going to be my next step. I'm imagining it's a mindful place to be. So you kind of, I, I think you're living all of that through this building as well. And that's, yeah, that's coming across to me right now, oh, really loud and clear. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think that's a lovely place to leave this that conversation, actually, Jelaine. We could continue, but I really want to go and see the garden. So Let's go and look at the garden. Right, let's then, give that. Thank you. Thank you. I do hope you've enjoyed this episode of Reworked. The Reworked podcast is a fortnightly programme and it's produced by diversity consultancy EW Group. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a review on the homepage or better still, subscribe and then you can keep up to date with all future episodes. I've been your host, Rachel Wilson, and you can find me on Twitter at RAO Wilson and at the EW Group. Join us next time for more Reworked. <laughs>